0: fakes the handoff, he drives the lane, he takes it to the house, bouncing up defenders, he just laid it in, he just put it up and in, 56 seconds to play, oh by the way, it's
1: time. live in the entertainment capital of the world, game
2: 7 is over, it's an instant classic, it's the TC
1: Martin Show, a three for the game, Bang! It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. You've got to pinch me. The doctor is now in.
2: And a happy Monday to you. Hope everyone had a wonderful Father's Day weekend. So salute to all of those fathers out there as well. How's your swing? How's my what? Your swing. My swing? It's pretty good. Yeah. Frank's referring to my... My batting cage appearance, I guess. All right, yeah, well, we'll get into that. So, happy Father's Day to everybody. I know Numbchuck's a father, you know. Frank, I'm not sure he's a father. I'm not sure if he knows he's a father or not,
0: but. <laughs> Nothing that DNA has proved.
2: <laughs> there you go. Hope everyone had a great weekend, man. We had NBA, we had the playoffs, we had VGK, we had boxing at the Virgin on Saturday night. So, a lot to talk about, a lot to cover Today in the show, we'll talk about those NBA playoffs with a big seven footer, Big Bill Cartwright, the collapse of the Philadelphia 76ers, the collapse of the Utah Jazz, the collapse of the Brooklyn Nets, even though that series was up in the air, a two and three seed. Game went to overtime on Saturday night where the Nets got eliminated by the Milwaukee Bucks. So we'll talk a lot of NBA today. Matthew Holt will join us as well too. The NCAA came down with a Supreme Court ruling today. uh, Further, muddying up the waters with the NCAA about paying players. So big Supreme Court decision today uh, with the NCAA. We'll talk to Matthew Holt uh, about that. So a lot to cover. VGK as well, too. Their victory last night. But yes, uh, Father's Day weekend. I don't know. A lot of people, you know, out and about. Um, had a good time. Enjoyed myself uh, spending time with my daughter. And what did my daughter want to do yesterday? She said, Dad, let's. I want to go to the batting cages. Because we spent so much time while she was growing up. On Father's Day weekends, we were playing in softball tournaments. I was coaching. She was playing. And I went back and started thinking about that. I wonder how far back this goes. And it probably goes for like about about a six or seven, about a seven-year span going like from 10U to 16U. And that was a – we always played Father's Day weekend. So it was, uh, you know, in many championship games, by the way, too. Because, you know, Sunday, if you're playing in tournament ball – if you're no good, you're not even playing on Sunday. You could no. be eliminated on Saturday. Yeah.
0: So for the most part. But. For most of the tournaments, double elimination tournaments? Double elimination
2: tournaments. A, a yeah. lot of the, those tournaments, like they do now, is like you start off with pool play. Yeah. On the like round Friday and Saturday. Stuff, and then you see if you go to
0: the, then the championship rounds or whatever. There you go. So yeah. then
2: the winner of each pool, or depending on how big the tournament is, the top two of each pool will advance to Sunday. Then it becomes a single elimination
0: so when you tournament. go to the batting cages, are you in the yeah. softball cage? Or are you in the fast pitch baseball? Mm-hmm. What 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 do you do? And do you both do the same thing? We do actually, and we do the uh, fast pitch
2: softball. Okay, so we'll go ahead and do that, and uh, we'll get the machine out there, and then uh, and mostly she does uh, does the hitting, but of course, right. She wanted to see if the old man still had it. In the old man hadn't faced you know, batting machines for years and years and
0: years. But, yeah, uh, yeah of course. Like you can tell in the back of your mind you almost wanted to say face-life pitching, but then you realize, well, no, it's machine pitching. Right, right it, yeah. it, exactly. You, you yeah. had to do that mental yes. mental break there just yeah. to the – yeah. Oh, yeah, in, in, the, in the cages, right. yes. Yeah, and, and of course you know why we went to the cages,
2: because it was 116 degrees out yesterday. Because we used to just go to the park, and then I would throw, or we'd, we would do right. live pitching and that sort of thing. But, you know, not a good day right. to do that.
0: Plus, I mean, the machines have better control, and you can yes. get the speed you want and all that sort of stuff, too. Yeah. If you're throwing it yourself and that kind of stuff, it, you know, it's a little bit dicier. Yeah. yeah. Now, when we used to go to the uh,
2: uh, cages before, when uh, Brad the Believer would go with us, he would always want to hit the baseball, so then we would go ahead and mix it up there and and, and do that sort of thing. And what what place did you go to? Uh, there's a place in, in Henderson called the Z Cages. They've they've been open for a couple of years now, so we go out there because it's not too far from where we live. But before we've been to um, you know a place not too far. Uh, from here as well to
0: midtown or whatever. Because yeah. so. I remember when they first opened up that sport park out there on sunset and that and that was a that was a fun place at first when they had all the like the Wrigley Field wall and the Funway Park and they had the different things and that but, but that just the field of dreams. Yeah, the field of dreams. It's funny you say that because I ran into
2: somebody that uh, they were in town and they were playing, and I was not aware of this place. Oh, it was
0: a bl- – I mean, they had mini this, golf it's still inside. Going out they there. had the rock climbing wall yeah. and everything. I mean, well, I've done remotes out there, but I didn't even know if it was still open because it, it was so huge that it was it was too big to fill up on a daily okay. basis. And I heard it, it's still open, but it's
2: nowhere near at the level no. that it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what – I that heard that, but but
0: again, yeah, I, yeah. yeah it, it definitely um, – Deteriorated, and that's why, like I say, I wasn't even sure if it was still open because it used to be a cool place to go, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah. So, and I ne- was never even really aware of that, but uh, yeah, it was a good day. I mean, you know, father daughter time always good, people spend time with the kids, it's great. Um, a-, a little bit of a downer though, when I got home, so I got these surprise, I got a surprise delivery yesterday from uh, from Instacart, so my daughter. You know, as you know, used to be the the Instacart superstar. So they gave her a, this big old gift certificate because she did so well. And I think we talked about before where she was part of this USA Today interview for, you know, people who did very well Instacart in, in Nevada. And so she, she had a gift card. So she wanted to treat me to groceries, which was fantastic. Groceries I, after Freddy's? After Freddy's. So this was going to be for dinner. So, or, you know, got some steak. So much to my surprise... This was it was a, it was a great day for me. So got to spend time with her. Then of course we go to Freddy's for lunch. Yeah, because I saw those pics. Yeah, you saw the picks. you go. You know, and of course she wanted to go to Freddy's because she knows the the crew. She used to work over there back in the day. So well, uh, she used go. to have a
0: great coach during yeah. those days when she was younger. So yeah,
2: <laughs> I heard you hear him in the commercials all the time. He is in the commercials. Exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly. Except that that coach was always pretty hard on that team. No, I don't think it was hard enough. I no. think it was way I, – I think it was acting to try to look, sound that bubbly, to be honest with you. Actually,
2: <laughs> there are comparisons from people who have heard that commercial from her teammates. Who was the tougher coach? Was it that voice in the commercials, which was you, or her real coach, me? Who was tougher? And uh, I think it's kind of split. 50-50, you know, there you go. But uh, bottom line is, you know, both coaches would, would – reward the kids and go to Freddy's, right well there you go <laughs> so anyway so i get groceries delivered to me about about 5 30 last night and i'm thinking this is cool yeah she goes yeah i got you some steaks and this and that all, all kinds of stuff right fillets yeah you're a fillet guy yeah well got a, got a fillet guy because she knew that right except there only only one fillet was delivered not two fillets only one flay, well, so there was, was a problem there.
0: Dad's flay, the rest of the yeah. people get the well, you know
2: got shortchanged. So we, we we had a little delivery problem with that. Oh, so there was supposed to be more. There was than Supposed to be more than ah. one. Only one got delivered, so that was a problem. But here's where my problem comes in, you know, with that. So I just ran to the store and and, and got got to actually end up getting brats instead. Changed my mindset. I, I'd rather have brats. So anyway, we go th- we go to this. I get a uh, look outside and. I hear some rumbling out there, so it's the Instacart person with all these bags of groceries. There's about ten bags of groceries sitting on my porch with the sun bearing down, and uh, I go, "Oh, okay, uh, yeah." Um, I go, "These, I guess, obviously these are my groceries." Yeah, she goes, "But you, you can't, you can't take them in yet. I have to take a picture. You have to take a picture." Yeah, I, I have to take a picture for Instacart, you know, to prove I guess
0: that they delivered or something like that. Here's a picture of TC's groceries cooking themselves on the on the front porch. Thank you. As he's waiting to bring them into the Thank house. Thank you. <laughs> there are two
2: things of ice cream out there. Yeah, two things of ice cream.
0: Are you crazy? And uh, she goes, uh, "I So you cream. had a river of ice cream by the time you brought yes. it in.
2: <laughs> and I took a picture. I took, I, t- I took a picture. And I said, "Well, I believe there's some ice cream here." She goes, "Yeah, I tried to get it here as fast as I could. Yeah. There, there's my end results. I'm showing Frank the, 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 the ice wow. cream. Wow. What does that look like? Describe that to, to our audience. It looks
0: like a shriveled up old <laughs> ice cream ball. <laughs> about, about half half of the container, it, it's right? It's definitely, um, yes, it's definitely had some evaporation and right. some heat stroke. It suffered from heat stroke is what <laughs> it looks like. It did. It did. Now, I, And I
2: believe Instacart people are supposed to travel with coolers or that sort of thing, and apparently... Sh- This person said they did, but obviously that wasn't the case.
0: Well, they did, but it just wasn't for your delivery. It It was for the other ones. Right, right, right. right. (laughs) So the idea
2: that I had of, like say, watching the Golden Knights, putting the fillets on, on the grill and everything else, and then maybe around third period or after the game to just really kick back, root beer floats. That was the idea. So I still went through with it. But let's just say there really wasn't enough ice cream to go around for the, for the, the whole family. The floats were a little
0: bit smaller than originally anticipated. <laughs> right, right, right.
2: <laughs> Instead of the large size that you like to get uh, at, at Freddy's, yeah, I had to go to the small slash medium size.
0: At least you didn't have to go to the vegan. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: No, that's not, not my genre at all. All right. So, yes. Uh, yeah, great, great Father's Day. So hopefully uh, you had a good day as well, too.
0: I I enjoyed the hockey game, had some fun over there, so yeah, I just kind of chilled and didn't do too much else. All
2: right, yeah, Frank went on location to to watch the hockey game. We were watching the hockey game together after our show on Friday in the uh, very uh, cool surroundings of the uh, Club Madrid. You could definitely serve ice cream in there.
0: Yeah, they definitely (laughs) wanted to make you feel like you were at (laughs) T-Mobile Arena because it's definitely a little bit of a chill there. You know, at first I saw some people. Why would you wear your hockey sweater in here? They knew, didn't oh, they? Oh, you know. You've yeah. been here before. Yeah. You, you and know? I are in shorts and t shirts. Usually, when I see 110 plus, I'm yeah. wearing <laughs> short sleeves and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, no. But hey, but, you know, but it, it was a good time. Yeah. And, and certainly, all the I mean, tons of gifts that, I, I, kind of like we said, I, I think pretty much everybody walked away with something. Yeah. Yeah. Even I, you and I walked away with something. Yeah, I do not know who ended up winning the Ryan Reeves autographed jersey from the STN app. Yeah, but, right. uh, but I do know after Brian made the announcement that there was only like six people in there, I saw a lot more people out front right beforehand trying to sign up for yeah, it. So.
2: Yeah. so Sunset Station, Chuck Esposito, Brian Blessing, to do such a great job out there. And I imagine we are going to have another VGK watch party. We'll get that information you know, from Chuck. I don't know if uh, they've talked about you know, doing game six yet.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. if if that game six, then they better hope that there's a another round. Yeah, right. Because game seven will be here at home. Right, so.
2: and I know they like to do the away games. That's why I say yeah. you know the game yeah. six. So yeah. so that that was fun. Game three on, on Friday, and again, uh, very exciting game. Uh, you know, another you know three two game, another one goal game, another overtime game. And uh, yeah, it was. uh, And
0: one of the few times uh, that Vegas has been outplayed this playoff series. Mm -hmm. I mean, they Montreal can't. If I'm the Canadians, I'm upset right now. We just played the best game we can possibly play. Eighteen to one scoring chance advantage in that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, I'm saying (laughs) if 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 you're Montreal, they're saying we. Yeah, yeah, I know. The Canadians would say that they just played the best game that they could play. Eighteen to one scoring chances, and you lose that game. Mm -hmm. That's gotta hurt. Yeah, no
2: doubt. So we go into game number four with the Golden Knights trailing two games to one. And what happens, I think, to a surprise, maybe to just about everybody, Robin Leonard is in goal. And and Marc Andre Fleury is on the bench. Were you that surprised by it? <sighs> I was I was surprised, but then after the initial like maybe it wasn't surprised, it was like Whoa! The goalie controversy is back. That's what I think I was thinking. So as far as you know, being surprised, yeah, to a certain degree, because are we are we doing this because of the Mark Andre Fleury gaffe? If which the bar said that
0: wasn't the reason. It had know, nothing to do with it.
2: I know, but which let's call him out on that uh, again. If they win game number three, either in regulation, and we go back to game three, of course, there's 155 to go. And the Golden Knights are clinging to a two-one lead. You and I are looking at each other like, okay, when's Montreal gonna pull Price? When's the goalie gonna get pulled? It's probably gonna be coming anytime soon. And Fleury is handling the puck behind his net, behind his net, which I'll speak for myself, did not think he needed to go back there and do. Um uh, and again, he he had defensemen around him and he's playing with the puck. He he has a gaff, it goes in front of the net. It's uh it's scooped up by a Canadian player, boom, rifled in and, and easiest and, goal he'll ever get. Yes. Yeah, easiest goal. And then all of a sudden now it's 2 2. And the look on Flurry's face was like hitting himself in the head saying, unbelievable. That I can't believe I did that. He was frustrated. At that point in time, I know he's a a long-time veteran. This guy's a, a multi-Stanley Cup champion, but that has to mess with your mind. Even though you only had 3,500 in attendance, but knowing that more than likely you probably gave this game away. All they had to do was ice 155 on the clock with a one-goal lead, and you know Price was going to come out at any
0: time. Right? Oh, yeah. The next time Montreal got clear, clear possession of the yeah. puck, Price was gone.
2: Right, right. So... Now we go into OT and we know what that meant. Okay, Montreal's got all the mojo in the world. They got the goal. They're up. So yeah. So I I was uh, a little bit surprised uh, again, and uh, not really too surprised at Pete DeBoer's you know you know comment. So you know Robin Leonard does get the start. The Golden Knights end up pulling this thing out with the Nickwah goal in, in in overtime. But uh, like I said the Golden Knights got outplayed for a majority of Game 4 yesterday. The whole game. Yeah, the whole game. I mean, game. They, they were outplayed Not just the first in that period, game. But no. the first period was what we've seen before. Like, yeah. wow, here we go again. But luckily, I mean, they were there. They were in
0: striking distance, and Montreal couldn't put them away. No, they couldn't put them away. And, you know, McNabb gets the goal on the pass from Carlson with a couple guys in front of Price. Price's own players screened him on that goal. They found a way to get that, you know, the, the winner, like you mentioned. Beautiful patience by Nick Waugh. Mm. You know, gets the puck down low, makes the first save. Price makes the save. Then he kind of gets the rebound, actually pulls it out, waits for Price to overcommit. If you watch that again, Price not only dives for the puck, he loses a stick when he's doing it because he's trying to do it. And Waugh's just waiting for him to do it. Then Kakakiemi comes in. And he sees Price going down, and he, I think he was going to try to stand in the crease and block it, but it looked like he tripped over the back leg of Price, so he goes down too. So both guys are laying on the ice, and Wad just, you know, calmly puts it up in the net. But if you would have said four games into this series that the Vegas Golden Knights were going to be 0 for 11 on the power play, which has been atrocious, although ironically last night was one of the best power plays they've had, and then they give up the goal right after it, and Stevenson was going to be hurt. Pacuretti, Stone, Carlson, Smith, Marshall, and Tuck would have no goals. <laughs> right. You'd probably think, "Wow, did they get swept?" Right, right. Is this? Uh, I mean, the fact Montreal, that it's two-two is actually, yeah. you know, I mean, and was basically scored all the goals. Oh yeah, I mean, again, McNabb. <laughs> on the, no, it was a nice feed from Carlson, but. Right. Yeah, and and Nick was had two goals in the last two games, so you know. But but remember this too, and and this was something that De alluded to because he made it sound like he was starting Leonard last night, regardless of whether there was a gaffe or not. He said that had nothing to do with that. Now it could be coach speech, but remember, even in the Colorado series, he gave up away the, that weak goal at the end of the first period, and De kind of alluded to that when he said we have a tired goalie right now. He's tired. He's worn out. He's played a lot of hockey. I wasn't surprised, and I think I even mentioned it after Friday night to a couple people that, you know, I wouldn't be totally shocked and they looked at me like I had three heads or something if Leonard got the start because I was thinking, if not that game, when? Right. If you didn't play him last night, then you're saying, I'm never going to him again. You know, because Fleury did have the gaff again, that almost made it an easier decision, but... Fleur had been playing a lot. He wasn't maybe as sharp as he had been before. He was starting to make mental errors, which you never want at this point of the season. And if Robin Leonard's ever going to get a chance to get in there again, he's not going to be more well-rusted. In fact, uh, the, the worry was that he might be rusty instead of rested. But he played a sensational game. And then after the game, uh, he, he didn't have a problem telling people what he thought about it. Right. We're going to hit uh, both of uh, the. You're going to hear from Peter DeBoer and Robin Leonard here. Robin Leonard, 28 saves.
2: Before we get into that, I want to hit that point you just said there. So here's the thing people are going to talk about Robin Leonard is getting paid $5 million, the, the old one goalie, one and one A situation, okay? But that's long gone. Here's the deal the Golden Knights were trailing two games to one after the flurry gaff. Okay. If the Golden Knights win this game, Flurry doesn't have the gaff. Robin Leonard is not seeing the ice. There's no way because Peter DeBoer has basically clearly stated here that Marc Andre Fleury is their goalie. Not verbally, but just your actions, plain and simple. And with the gaff, and then see the way that, that Flurry was reacting, like we talked about, like, like he was definitely flustered and this and that. Don't use the rest thing because if the Golden Knights win that game and they hang on to victory, and and in, and in, in they're up to one instead of trailing to one. I firmly believe that Leonard is not getting that start. So you it's think going to be lying. Every, I, I think absolutely he's lying. I, I think one hundred percent. It's it, it's it's coach speak. He's never ever come out and said you know anything to the contrary of really when we've had these this controversy before. But I'm just thinking. Okay, now again, there wouldn't be this controversy if there wasn't the gaffe. But again, they're playing every other night and have been, okay? You're not playing back-to-back. You're not traveling. So if you go back to the same situation every other time, he hasn't made a goalie change. He only made the goalie change in Game 1 after the seven-game series, after the quick turnaround, the travel. Okay, we all understood that. We expected that, okay? But yeah, I'm saying Golden Knights win that Game 3. Definitely Flurry is expected and I believe would start in game four here is what Peter DeBoer had to say afterwards when he was questioned. You know what? I'll be honest with you. The, the play at the end of the third period was had zero to do with the decision. You know, I, I just, I think, I think during that 30 something days, the, the last month, of hockey that flowers played, I think we've had, uh, only two days two two situations where we've had more than a day off a rest. Um, you know, one of them was Game One of this series. He was lights out on two, three days of rest uh, when we when we started the series against Montreal in Game One. But you know, it, it's impossible, uh, you know, not not to wear uh, the playoff trail, um, and you know, from a fatigue point of view. So, uh, you know, the, the 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 mishandle had nothing to do with it. Um, okay, he says the mishandle had nothing to do with it, but. Here we go. So begs a question here, and I know we bring it up, but this is, this is, this is a legit question now. Who's going to start in Game Five, and do we
0: have goalie controversy again? Well, I, I think we already do in some respects. Yeah. I, I was just on with Brian Blessing, who precedes mm-hmm. us here, and Blessing is hell bent that Leonard's got to start tomorrow because after the game he's playing. When I look at social media and everything else, it seems like everybody's just assuming that Flurry gets the job again. And, and I again, I don't know, I don't want to come right out and say that Pete DeBoer is lying. I, I, it would have been more shocking if Leonard would have started had they won that game without the gaffe. But he also did bring up in there, and we heard a little bit of his speech, he also brought up Flurry's age and said Flurry and Vasilevsky have the two most starts in the playoffs this year, and Fleury's 10 years older than Andre Vasilevsky. He mentioned the gaff and also maybe some other mental things here, here, here a little bit. They came up to Montreal hoping to get at least a split. That's what you go for when you go on the road in these series. Had they won that game, they already would have achieved that. That's why I'm not so sure that he wasn't going to go with Leonard anyhow and think, all right, we got our split already. Now I throw Leonard at him a real curveball and give him a chance to redeem himself And get in there and see if I can have two good goalies again, because Leonard's confidence had to be down, because the only game he played was a 7-1 loss. So I'm not so sure that he wasn't really thinking about playing uh, playing Leonard anyhow. Maybe it's coach speech, but I wouldn't have been shocked. I think the gaffe made it more advantageous, and now everybody's talking about it. But in the back of my mind, because I've watched Pete DeBoer in San Jose and before that, and he does what he wants to. I, I really think that he was kind of leaning towards Leonard win or lose that other game.
2: I don't think we'll, we'll ever know because... L- well, look, he's never going to say unless look, he writes exactly. a book afterwards. L- look, <laughs> look, but, and, and again, you can, you, I mean, you can alleviate all this stuff by just being a better communicator up front. And, but he doesn't and he want to be. He doesn't want to be, exactly. So it just it, it keeps everybody guessing. But here's where you have to question him. Why is he bringing up the age factor now? Why is he bringing that up last week? Why is he bringing it up when Flurry's winning games? And again, you're in the same city. It's every other game. And here's the deal. And people are like, well, you're paying him $5 million. Nobody cares about that no, at that this means point. nothing. You that means nothing. You play the best player you play, play. you play to win the game play to win the game the best player and when people last year were saying why don't you put mark andre Flory in because look robin Leonard's playing every game okay now we're this exact same situation the gaff had everything to do with it it did you can coach speak it. you can turn about what, what you what, what you want but if they win the game just like they did the last series the games in this series before no doubt in your mind, flurry, 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 flurry. Back to back games, different story. Travel on top, okay, maybe a different story. But with this situation, as well as flurry has been playing, and beside the gaff, Again, he was going to be that winning goalie without the gap. He played a tremendous
0: game. Oh, he played excellent. He made, made numerous saves yeah. on Friday night. No, so, no, I agree you know. with you. And, and I'll just answer one of your questions right off the yeah. bat. Why are you bringing up the age now? Yeah. Because now it fits his narrative. Co- exactly. I mean, it, it's that simple. That's why I was going to Because say now it fits what he yeah. wants to so push yeah. forward and right. show. So, right. you know, uh, Pete DeBoer could be a politician when he's done with yes. coaching if he wants to be. Y- because point, he exactly. knows how to do that. Yes. And that's why I'm saying I don't want to call him a liar But at the same time, I'm not saying that I agree with you. You asked me if I was calling him, and that's hard. No, okay. No, 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 I'm not not going to. It's coach speech. It's coach speech. But I honestly honestly think that he might be telling the truth that that was what he was going to do, anyhow. But like you mentioned, we're never going to know. Florian Leonard are never going to know. Maybe DeBoer's wife knows or something. I don't, but I don't think Pete DeBoer is the kind of guy that goes around sharing a lot yeah. of stuff with people. And, and the reason why I bring up the salary
2: because, again, like you said, social media, other reporters—they're all saying, "Well, you're paying him five million dollars, so you—you got to play." No, you don't. No, you don't. I mean, again, you know what's fresh in in Pete DeBoer's mind and other in players' mind too. And granted, you can you can kind of discount a little bit. Seven goals. What's the first thing that Sports Center said last night with Barry Melrose and those guys? And they came out and they go, well, last time, you know, it was seven goals he gave up. And you go to the NBC. First thing they said in the first two minutes of the well, last time we saw Robin Leonard, he gave up seven goals. And he's yeah.
0: 0 for 4 in his last four playoff exactly. games because last year in a bubble yeah. he was so losing. All Even that, though they were one or two goal yeah. games in the and, bubble. And, but and, let, and
2: then I'm going to say this. Be very, very clear. Robin Leonard is not as bad as those seven goals. And maybe he's not as good as, as he was last night because they very easily could have lost that game last night. They didn't win that game because of Robin Leonard. They, you know, they won that game, you know, because of the goal scoring, and and Robin Leonard had a lot had a lot to do with it. Okay, but I just can't stand when people put the onus on one guy, and, and it happens all the time. And the bottom line is, is like that salary thing that doesn't even come into play at this point in time, and it shouldn't. And I don't think it is with Peter DeBoer either, and it shouldn't come into play either, as well as like okay, well. It's his turn now or whatever. This is the Stanley Cup semifinals. It's win or go home, especially when you're trailing. So did he feel that Robin Leonard was his best guy? I don't think so. I think Marc-Andre Flory, maybe the gaff got to his head, the age, he's tired, all of that. But if the Golden Knights win that game, more than likely we probably see flurry, but
0: we'll never know. The only salary that Pete DeBoer is concerned with is keeping his own salary coming in, and to do that, right. he wins hockey games. Right. He's going to play whoever gives him the best chance to win. Doesn't care what either goalie's making. All right, and Robin Leonard, obviously, this is affecting him. He's
2: reading social media. Here's what Robin Leonard had to say after last night's game. Uh, it was
3: great. You know, uh, not many people know. You know, I come to the game four hours early. Every I get up my own bus, come four hours early. I sat for two hours, and watch you guys talk shit on Twitter on me, you know, to get me motivated. And, uh, um, you know, it was great, you know, just to see all what you guys had to say. And, um, you know, I don't care what people think. It's been a weird, kind of a weird season with a concussion and my surgery and stuff like that. But, you know, I've been battling hard lately to, you know, just be a good teammate and being as good as possible. And, uh, you know, I don't really – great motivation for me uh, I don't do the flashiest saves and all those things but uh, you know before this season ever since I got out of rehab and even before that in Buffalo I've been putting up some pretty good numbers and uh, people act like yeah people act like what they, that, that I'm not very good especially in our own town but uh, you know I had a lot from the team, my teammates and uh, my coaches and me and Flower has gotten really close this year you know supporting each other and we don't care about the noise so it's just great motivation for me uh, It was very enjoyable on Twitter today and uh, thank you guys very much for giving that up me that motivation.
2: Robin Leonard on the defense there and again they won the game he could have taken the high road and really not said anything but he decided to go that direction.
0: Well, and if you follow Robin Leonard on Twitter, you can't be surprised by that because this is a guy that does say stuff when he gets in. He's not going to be scripted. He's not going to be silenced. Uh, he also tweeted out after that, even after his press conference. Thanks for all the comments and everything with a heart and net for all the love and everything. Thanks for the motivation. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a tongue in cheap type thing. But, yeah, I mean, that's Robin Leonard. That's who he is. The other thing about it that I thought interesting is we just had a couple other players. I think there was Smith and, a, and one or two other guys on there. How we're saying that we're, we're not looking at social media. We're not reading anything. We're just amongst ourselves in that. And Leonard basically comes right out and goes, nope, not me. Yeah. I got to the stadium four hours early, and I was scrolling through Twitter, which I also find kind of a little bit ironic And how we just talked about I don't, I don't want to call Robin Leonard a liar, just like we don't want to call Pete DeBoer a liar. But he says, I don't care what anybody thinks. But he's scrolling through Twitter for Absol- two hours. Again, he absolutely. 100% cares what they think. Whether he wants to use it for negative motivation, whether he wants to try to find some love in there, the needle in the haystack, whatever it is. But, no, he definitely mm-hmm. cares what people think. What, how he uses that, mm-hmm. that's up to him. But, but one thing he does do, mm-hmm. he tells it like he sees yeah. it. And here's
2: the thing, too. And it, When you look at his history as well, too, we've talked a little bit about it you know, with mental health issues, Okay, th- that's, that came into play, and if you analyze that, and I'm sure a, a psychologist or a doctor analyzed what he's saying there. I mean, he's, again, you know, when you have mental health issues, you, a lot of times you don't feel good about yourself. You know, and uh, he hasn't felt good about himself. And that's why he's throwing everything out there. Well, people don't think I'm very good, especially in our hometown. You know, I am still, you know, pretty good. He he starts to give his own resume in Buffalo. And then, you know, talking about the rehab and the surgery, almost like, you know, hey, guys, I, I have these legitimate excuses. Most players won't go to that realm, but he felt he needed to. And I think part of that is because. He is insecure in, in, in some of these issues, and nothing against the guy, and we want him to get well and everything. He played fabulous last night. You know, good for him. I'm just saying you you may not win over a lot of fans when you when you take that approach. And
0: he well, does care. When you he out, does care, though. He says he doesn't, but he cares. Especially when you call out the hometown fans, and yes. he says even yes. right here in our hometown yes. and everything. And he has no allegiance to no, this place. No, I mean, he's easier,
2: short yeah. time, big contract, and again – You know, he's not born or raised here. He hasn't been here for – he's not the face of the franchise, Flurry, and he knows that. So,
0: you know. No, and and Pete DeBoer went on after the game, too, to say Robin Leonard might have the toughest job in the NHL. Yes. He he is – He's the backup right now to a Hall of Fame goaltender that's the face of the franchise that is beloved and could probably run for mayor of the city or governor of the state or whatever he wants to do out there. He mentioned Buffalo. Remember, this was the guy that was a Vezna finalist in the Islanders. They didn't re-sign him. He went to Chicago. He was like, okay, I like it here playing with the Blackhawks. They kept Corey Crawford even though they knew they weren't going to keep Corey Crawford. This is a guy who's played well every place he's been and nobody would sign him. He finally comes here, takes a look. Everybody talks. About the five million, like it's twelve million or something for him alone. Five million is probably cheaper than he could have got some other places. But he finally finds a place to land. He thinks he's got a home, and now he's getting controversy because Flurry's so beloved in that. And he's looking, going, "What the? Wh- what? Why can't I be loved?" He, he's like the child starving mm-hmm. for love.
2: Right. All right, we'll hit more on this uh, next hour uh, as well too. When we come back, NBA playoffs. The big seven footer joins us. The collapse of the number one seeds.
1: This is five-time NBA champion Bill Cartwright. When I'm in town, I always listen to T.C. Martin. Mm -hmm. You should, too.
2: NBA playoffs over the weekend, man. Upsets galore. Let's break it down. Let's talk to the guy who knows something about the playoffs. The five-time NBA champ, Big Bill Cartwright, cruising all over the place. What's going on, my man?
1: I'm just cruising in your area, actually. You know, I'm cruising back from Sac to uh, San Francisco.
2: So there it is. Oh man! Great day. Well, I hope you. I hope you ate well today. I'm surprised we haven't got you in the middle of a drive-through yet.
1: <laughs> no, as you know, um, drive-throughs are kind of out nowadays. Unless somebody something pretty amazing like uh, you'll take me over for a nice uh, Freddy's dog, but uh, pretty much uh, no fast food.
2: There you go. I know. I, yeah, you, you're you're very rarely going the drive through, but uh, I just bring that up because I've experienced some drive through uh, uh, stuff with you. So there you go. But good call on the Freddys, yeah, no yeah, doubt. I'm,
1: sometimes, sometimes, but they've been, they've got to be really good. Yeah, As you know, just like you. There you go. You, you like you like great food.
2: You got that right, man. All right, I'm already trying to plan my Chicago trip here, to, just so I can uh, go to Froggies at least once or twice. So that's that's, that's yeah, on the well, that's on the agenda.
1: Well, we 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 got you covered. Uh, anytime, come on up. We uh, we just ask, ask that you leave a small tip. Well, no, big tip for you. Big <laughs> tip. Well, I, got, oh,
2: I got. Always got to take care of the crew at Froggies. There's no doubt about it. You got that. That's 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 a done deal. So there we go. All right, so let's, let's talk about what our eyes saw over the weekend, or, or specifically what your eyes saw over the weekend. Uh, the number one seed's gone, Bill. So we see Utah get eliminated on Friday night by the Clippers in Game 6. No Kawhi Leonard. That didn't uh, matter. But uh, Donovan Mitchell, obviously he wasn't at, at his best. Then we get to some Game 7s. Yesterday, Philadelphia gets beat by Atlanta. And then, uh, you know, Saturday night, uh, a very entertaining Game 7 with Brooklyn and Milwaukee. So look at all these superstars that we have basically said goodbye to, and we're not even, you know, at the the, the conference finals yet. I mean, we just started the conference finals, and that stuff is uh, is going on without Donovan Mitchell, going out with Joel Embiid, going out with Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Give me your thoughts.
1: Well, you know, and you and I talk about this all the time, is that who has the best team, or at least the best players, supposedly, and who is playing the best right now? And there's just so many factors that that just go into that. Um, You know, every single series, you know, that came down to a tough game. It came down to who was the aggressor in that game, what adjustments did they make, uh, the bench, the bench was always a big factor. And to me, if your stars are stars, they're, they're going to show up, they're going to play. And not only are they going to play, but look, your stars, your best players make other players better. And if that is happening, you're getting production out of those standstill shooters or you're getting easy put putbacks. Uh, it's because you're a star player. I am very disappointed in that last game we saw last night. Um, but the fact that, you know, there was basically seven guys played a higher game. And we just got uh, uh, mainly, you know, the starters played the majority of the game. I think if you're going to, you have to have a certain kind of rotation. In the game, but if you're not getting that, you're not getting any production off your bench, uh, it's just not, uh, it's just not a great game. As Atlanta, you know, Gallinari comes in and was he get 17 last night off the bench, and that was really all of it out of both teams. Nobody else on the bench made a contribution, so um. Like I said, the team is playing the best right now. is playing great basketball. We should really be really happy right now because we have no clue who's going to win this championship right now.
2: You know, let's go. Let's go um, back to minute, let's go back to that minute situation that you're talking about. Kevin Durant played 53 minutes. Played every yeah. a minute in that game seven that goes into overtime yeah. against Milwaukee, and then you go back to game six. He played 48 minutes in, in, in that contest. And you're right. And then Trey Young for Atlanta. I mean, I believe what he was what five for for eighteen or something like that from the field. Thought it was it, five for twenty three. Yeah, five yeah. for twenty. Yeah, probably even worse than that. You're right. And uh, luckily they did get the help off the bench from Gallinari, like you said. But let me ask you this, Bill. Who's the biggest disappointment here? Because there's there's plenty to go around. Every time you lose a number ones or number two seeds, you know, prior to the conference final, who's the biggest disappointment? Is it Philadelphia? Is it Brooklyn? Is it Utah?
1: Well, look, I have an appreciation for Utah because these guys held uh, together all year. They had a great season, you know, of staying together. The uh, guys didn't take off. Um, and so I have a great appreciation for them. They, they just didn't play very well in the last game. I mean, they, they they just didn't do it. But but I have a great appreciation for them. Now, Brooklyn and and all the other teams that had guys that just take time off, and then expected to somehow, in the grace of God, I guess, come together for the playoffs, it's, it's just ridiculous. So uh, for me they they got what was coming to them uh, that's why we're going to enjoy watching uh phoenix play right now uh, because they've held together all year uh, they've done things the right way and uh and, and they're reaping the benefits of that so um it just it's just a really weird season it seemed like it was normal but it wasn't and, and this this is where we are. All all these uh, superstars, uh, the big two, big three, they're out. And now, and now imagine this. We're going with normal uh, basketball. Where we're actually talking about a basketball team instead of talking about one or two guys.
0: Bill, I know we've talked to you before, and when you talk about the playoffs and that, if somebody's out of the game, you say next man up mentality. Some teams can do that, some teams can't. But when you look at Phoenix and you see a piece like Chris Paul, who's, you know, he's not there right now. I don't know exactly when he's expected to be back because of the COVID protocols and different things. But you see him after the game and Booker comes out and he says, look, we all knew he wasn't going to be here. We picked up our games. We tried to implement a little bit each player, tried to give a little bit more. Because they did use the next man up mentality. Is that something that you can teach, or is it something that you just have and and you use? Because if you can do it like Phoenix did, you know, even when everybody else is counting you out, if you believe in that locker room, sometimes that's enough.
1: Well, look, this this this, this is what really kind of bothers me, and it should bother you, and it should bother the hell out of D C that you got NBA players that every team's got a minimum forty. 14 man roster NBA players and you're playing half of these guys in the playoffs. What, what good are they? So you, you, you're telling their owner, these guys, they're good enough to be on a team, but they're not good enough to play. Why, why do you have them? Why are they on the team?
2: And, and they're good enough for like normally in an 82 game schedule to basically play all of those games. So this year was 70, 72 game schedule. They're, they're, they're totally fine with that. But not this year, not right now, not when we get to crunch time, not when we get down to when we really need that production and we need to keep guys healthy and, and, and not be burdened by minutes when the, the pressure is, is at its most, at its highest.
1: Well, look, I, I played on a special team, and I, I, I rarely come back to that. But I'm just saying that your second group of starters that come out there make your team. Yes. You're, a, you're as strong as that second group. That's why we have a guy like Stacey King, Scott Williams, B.J. Armstrong, the list goes on and on, Craig Hodges, uh, Trent Tucker, um, Judd Bushler, come off and make a big three. Judd Bushler will never play right now. <laughs> right. These, guys, these guys have no faith in their bench. Mm. And it's is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Why can't those guys play right now? now like you You, said, give, yeah. them five, you give them five minutes and a half. Five minutes and a half. And again, if, if it's worked for you
2: during the course of the season, then you should just continue that. And again, it's it, it did not work out well for Brooklyn or really any of these teams. They have shrunk it. And even with the Warriors, when we saw the Warriors going through their run and you knew when Curry was going to be out, when Clay Thompson was going to be out, but for the most part, Steve Kerr, You stuck to that and still went with the bench, guys. Heck, we saw Patrick McCaw get a couple rings here from UNLV. And Patrick McCaw, believe it or not, I mean, he got those limited minutes and actually came through some big threes, some big shots, you know, years ago. So, yes. Why? Because it, it, it worked during the course of the regular season and in the early rounds. I agree with you. You need to stick with the course. And, of course, now if you're down, you know, 12 or 14, heading into that, uh, fourth quarter, okay. You're gonna want to get your superstars back in, but still, you know, give them that, that that three or four minute break.
1: I'm just saying that if you can't play a guy five minutes and a half, you have zero faith. You're, you're telling him you got no faith. That kid can't play, and you should have to explain to your owner why is this guy on the team that we that we're paying a really nice check to? Evidently, he can't play. You're not playing him. So, you know, you, you better be a better teacher. You better be a better coach. And to be able to play more guys, at least, look, you can run out there. You can run full speed out there. You can kill yourself. So when it so, comes. Uh, I, 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 I don't really understand why some coaches, some teams, they shrink. They shrink their rotation instead of playing their normal rotation.
0: So when it comes to that situation, is it on the coach that he's the one that shrank it and he's not doing what was successful during the regular season? Is it the lack of belief in players? Or is it because some guys like a Kevin Durant or something like that, he feels that he should be out there all the time because he doesn't want to get off the court?
1: Look, unless it's in a special situation, you know, you're just down the entire game. And there's... um, and there's just no way that you can let him out of the game. I can't think of a, of a time where you wouldn't have that to where you got a guy that can run out there full speed for five minutes and try to make something happen. Uh, I don't see a situation where that happens, but that's got to be a part of your team and, and who you are and that, look, I have faith in you that you're going to be able to make something happen on the floor offensively or defensively. <laughs>
2: Big seven-footer, oh, Big Bill Cartwright uh, joins us talking a little NBA playoffs here. Bill, I want to bring it back to the Philadelphia 76ers. They were the number one seed in the East, even though that we kind of felt that, okay, maybe Brooklyn or Milwaukee, they could be the better team. But, but hey, bottom line was the Sixers were the number one seed because they had the best record. They bring Doc Rivers over to basically do better than what they've done in the past. Doc Rivers had this to say, an emotional press conference after the Game 7 loss last night. Here's what he had to say.
1: That we lost and we want to win. You know, uh, if it was the same team, Austin, I would actually justify that question. But since it's two different teams, you know, um, listen, this team last year got swept in the first round. We had a chance to go to the championship uh, to the Eastern Finals. I'm not going to make this into a negative year. He doesn't
2: want to make this into a negative year, but here's the bottom line. Okay, he's talking about last year making excuses, saying, Okay, this team you know lost in the first round. There were high expectations. They did not pay him the money that they're paying him to come and exit before the conference finals, to lose in the second round. When you literally have a Joel Embiid, arguably one of the best players, if not the best player, you know, in the league right now. Ben Simmons has is, is, is been a disappointment. And then you got Tobias Harris. And there's all this talk leading into these guys like, hey, they've got like the big three. Uh, they should at least, you know, beat the Atlanta Hawks. And they couldn't do that. And for a Sixers team and a Sixers franchise who have tanked, and I hate using that word, but this is why we have the rules that we have in play right now because of the Philadelphia 76ers losing games year after year so they can acquire these high draft picks and what good does it do them it gets them this and you're spending a a huge amount of money on top tier players or you think are top tier players and paying a coach an exorbitant amount of money this has got to change in Philly what is your thoughts about this
1: Look, I, look, the one thing everybody lost. Everybody in that organization lost. That wasn't me. That wasn't uh, any one player. Anyone. It was every single person lost and failed. And you've got to go back and and discover why why that happened. And then how. How are you going to change that? And frankly, for guys like you and I, well, I hated watching them play this one-on-one screen roll basketball that led to this one-on-one play and did not help the other players score. Look, your job as a, a coach is to put your two best players or your three best players on one side of the floor and then allow them to make a play. Not this one-on-one stand around, Basketball. I mean, they've, they've got great one-on-one players, but it's just, look, it's much easier to score that way. It's harder to score. And it's, see, I, I just did not really like it. I didn't appreciate it watching them play. Look, Atlanta, they were the aggressors uh, in the game, period. They attacked them. They, they had no answer for them in screen and uh period. Um, they just played better. And it just came down to that. They they got out competed. And look, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. But you, whatever, whatever excuse that you want to lay out, you got me. And,
2: and you got out coached. I mean, plain and simple. I mean, they got out coached. Plain and simple. Nate McMill did a fantastic job. And again, Trey Young, and again, and, they spread the wealth a little bit as well too. You know what I'm saying? But but again, with. With with Doc Rivers to say, hey, I don't want to make this a negative year. I get that you want to try to have everybody feel good at the at the end. But the bottom line is that this team is probably their best opportunity to succeed this year, and they played horrible. They were, you know what? I'm glad this team is done, and I'm not going to speak for you, but. I'm tired of looking at Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons scored twice in the fourth quarter of seven games in this series. In only two games, he scored in the fourth quarter. He's like your highest paid player. He's supposed to be your franchise. I mean, this team is a mess, this franchise is a mess.
0: And, yeah, they deserve what they got there. Ben Simmons under 10 points in four of the seven games and shot 34.2% <laughs> from the free-throw line. From the free-throw line. That
2: inexcusable, man. Inexcusable. This guy... Didn't score from the field. He definitely didn't score from the free-throw line. He didn't take
0: a shot in the fourth yeah. quarter in five of the seven games, not one shot. Right,
2: right, so they need to take some bullets here. We don't need to sugarcoat nothing here. Doc Rivers is to blame. He coached horribly. This franchise is a mess. They, they, they have to do better than this. And say what you want about Atlanta. They played better. They came in as a number five seed. You know, man-to-man and roster-to-roster, the Atlanta Hawks stink. You got, you got Trey Young, and who's your next best player, Clint Capella? Are you kidding me? But they played better as a team, and as a coach, you love that. But the bottom line, man, this is inexcusable.
1: Yeah, you know, like, like I said, you know, those guys, uh, everybody's to blame. It's not, it's not one person, it's the entire team. And they've got to figure out a way to make each other better. And that's what I don't see. I see a lot of individuals. Yep. Yep. I see a lot of 101. I see a lot of drives to the basket 101. I don't see them helping each other get better on both ends of the floor. That's mm-hmm. what basketball is all about. It's just, unfortunately when you tune in ESPN for them. That's not what it's all about. But that's. <laughs>
2: that's true all right my man uh we appreciate we appreciate you we'll let you uh, get back on the on the drive appreciate spending some time with us today and we'll uh, talk more as we and I agree with you let's let, let's wrap it up on a positive here is that I agree with you we don't know what's going to happen I love watching Phoenix you know what are the Clippers going to do you know without Kawhi Leonard when he, when is he going to come back that'll be interesting and the Hawks and Bucks yeah I'm into it man I I, I want to see this because there is no clear-cut favor at this point yeah, you should be excited right now. Be excited. Yeah. yeah. I, I like Phoenix. I do like Phoenix. See what happens. And I, and I do like the Bucks as well, too. So, there we go. All right, brother. Be good. Talk to you later. All
1: right,
2: guys. Adios. All right. Matt Holt's going to join us uh, next hour. We'll talk about the betting aspect from these series, from the NBA as well as the NHL, the semifinal series as well. And also, uh, we're going to talk to him regarding the NCAA Supreme Court ruling today. Mmm, what's going to happen here? Does this mean that uh, college athletes are finally going to get paid? Big news. NCAA coming your way today. Ballpark Frank, T.C. Martin with you on this Monday edition. Don't you dare go anywhere.